0: Welcome to another of the Fleming Foundation's podcast series from Under the Rubble. Today our subject is the little lies that we tell ourselves and each other in the service of the great lie. And a little bit more about those lies what they are in a moment. I'm Thomas Fleming and joining me today, as on so many days, is Rex Scott. Hello again. Rex, hmm. Last time we were talking... You brought up the ending of George Orwell's Animal Farm. Yes. The scene in which, looking through the window, mm. you see that uh, the pigs are indistinguishable from uh, the men. Right. Uh, meaning, obviously, that now communist commissars are more, more or less the same as the old capitalist exploiters. Right. At that time, I observed in passing that Orwell was, to the end of his life, a somewhat naive leftist, an idealist. Hmm. Painfully sincere but he was convinced that the new inequalities brought about by communism were more or less the equivalent of the old inequalities of class, wealth, and family background. Today, we're going to get away from pointing fingers at the USSR or Nazi Germany or fascist Italy okay. and take a closer look at our own soft Totalitarian regime. Okay,
1: wait, now, a soft totalitarian, let's start right there. What does that mean?
0: Well, tr- traditionally we think of totalitarianism as, you know, sort of jackboots, cattle prods. You know, okay. uh, uh, it's militant, military. Coercion tough, by force. Coercion by force. You put people in jail if they speak out. You have them beaten up in the streets. It's uh, it's uh, Nazi Germany is a good example, but Stalinist Russia is, is perhaps even better. Okay. We got Maoist China, Pol Pot's Cambodia. Okay. However, democratic states have their own form of social control, and these forms were pioneered here in the United States. Really? And these these forms are based on the mass propaganda, for example, we call public education. Oh, the other okay. wing of mass propaganda is, of course, the media, media. and the entertainment business. Yeah, I would guess that. And so, for example, the, the ideas of John Dewey, which were, uh, you know, revolutionary moderate democratic socialist which went against the grain of everything in American history hmm. but between say World War I and the uh, and the end of the Vietnam War these ideas became dominant in the United States the idea that we're being
1: manipulated softly
0: as opposed to forcibly yeah we we it, it's the, it's the carrot more than the
1: stick so you're saying the schools are responsible for that because what we're learning early on is basically making who and what we are later on. And you're saying they're using that as a media to pacify us? Or? Yeah,
0: we have a number of things. First of all, the schools don't teach anything uh, that you need to know. I mean, they, they're okay. they dumb, dumbing down the math completely. Uh, that's why Americans uh, cannot get into most engineering schools now because they don't learn enough math in, okay. uh, in high school or in college. Secondly... Uh, the presentation of history is just a question of heroes and villains, and the heroes are decided on by the regime. Mm. And it's, it's, complete, it's ideological propaganda, not, not history, and it's not even patriotic propaganda, because now we're taught that we Americans are uniquely evil, you know, we, we burned down the Indians, we lynched Negroes, we oppressed our women. Right. So, uh, and then if you look at the uh, sexual liberation promoted in movies and television, you begin to get a whole idea, then you throw in massive pornography available in the United States from very soft to very hard, and the the massive use of prescription drugs, tranquilizers, sleeping pills, plus uh, the availability of illegal drugs. And you have a pretty much Not to mention alcohol yeah. I mean yeah there's a lot of abuse of that a supine population just don't take away my toys, just mm. let me sniff whatever it is i 'm sniffing give me give me all the porn I want i'm happy I'll, I'll, I'll do anything there's a There's a famous story in Herodotus Herodotus, the Greek historian who wrote about the wars with the Persians, okay. and he tells the story of the how the Kingdom of Lydia was overcome by uh, Cyrus the Persian, and he wanted to save his people, the Lydians, from being too too much oppressed by the Persians. And so he told Cyrus, he said, listen, what you want to do is give them everything they want in terms of luxury. Let them have fine dinners, fine clothes, Mm -hmm. and discourage them from using weapons and they will be slaves easy to govern." Hmm. Well, this is more or less the strategy that is being manipulated and used today in the United States. But the really big issue of giving up guns, uh, I'm not a radical Second Amendment supporter because there are a lot of strange, wicked people in our society, sure. right. but the main impetus is not not because of the murders committed, They want to take the guns away from normal Americans so that they will know how to be afraid. I see. They want to fear and laziness and cowardice. That is the objective. So we have a regime that has gone much farther than communists and Nazis ever dreamed of in subjugating the people. And, for example, the Soviet Union. They were technically, as Marxists, they were very critical of marriage and the family, but they actually protected marriage in the family in practice. We have done more to undermine the marriage and the family by redefining it as a relationship between two consenting mammals uh, so that marriage doesn't mean anything. We have uh, no-fault divorce. We have uh, the government runs your children through, through uh, early childhood training, through right. the schools, and through the juvenile justice system. So essentially, the American government has done far more than any hard totalitarian regime to destroy the family. So we are a successful revolutionary regime, much more successful than the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany.
1: So they're trying to, by use of these things, create a division. Yeah. Okay, so and that division is based on what?
0: Well, we have a ruling class, and the ruling class consists of the people who control the the means of coercion. Okay, and so people who work in Hollywood, uh, these people, completely uneducated, completely right. irrational people, and yet they get they make dramatic, lofty speeches. Uh, you know, look at you know some poor devil like Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, or the other people on late-night television yeah. or Saturday Night Live, they are outraged at the idea that any normal person could possibly consider voting for Donald Trump when the queen of the universe, yeah, Hillary Clinton, yeah, yeah. was the other, other choice. So the the whole elite class, which yes. consists of, say, the top 10% of the population, or 5%, the elite class in America is all on one side, and they have they have established a regime based on... Privileges for them, okay. and basically high taxes for us. Yeah. We are taxed in order to support the clients of the regime, which is the very poor, people living in housing projects, illegal aliens. So we, we have this whole regime set up based on this. Hmm. Let me put it very simply. Yes, The regime of Stalin or Hitler was based on fear and okay. coercion. The regime that goes back to Franklin Delano Roosevelt and the, and the Kennedys is based on education, media, sexual liberation, but above all, the, the, the fundamental principle of all of this is the ideology of inequality. Are you saying that they're pushing
1: inequality? Are they put it sounds to me like they're pushing equality i 'm very confused about equality and inequality. How are they doing this? I mean, how can they do this in America? Uh, special privileges for upper classes I mean this is America, land of the free, the immortal declaration, all men created equal uh, sacred, undeniable.
0: okay. We have two forms of inequality let 's Okay. The, the, the official ideology of the United States is that everybody's free and equal. Yeah, right? all men are created work. And in uh, fact, inalienable yeah, right. Free, inalienable right. Which, I got of it. course, uh, it's a sel- <laughs> we hold these truths to be self evident. Yes. And he, you know, there are no, the only self evident truths are the existence of God and the redemption of mankind by his son. Everything else is up for grabs. <laughs> Jefferson said it was, it was self evident because he couldn't defend it and nobody can defend the idea of equality. Okay. So the, 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 the regime is based on the theory of equality which actually produces radical inequality. Now, it's not a question of what I advocate or what I like. Okay. I, for example, uh, I'm not really big on highly aristocratic regimes or, like the, or the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. I prefer little Republican commonwealths like, like uh, Florence or Athens or you know, t- tiny self-governing communities. Okay, that sounds good. But today we're talking not about what I like. Mm-hmm. We're talking about reality. Okay. The way things are as opposed to the way we want them to be. Yeah. The fundamental fact of human reality is that we are different. Okay. Yeah. I was reading a mystery novel yesterday and, in, and the, the the coroner saying, you know, the thing that really strikes me that I'm overwhelmed by over and over and over is the complete diversity of, of humanity. Hmm. Now, but it's important to note... Of course every individual is different, even Americans believe that sure. to some extent. But groups are different. Okay. Every society in the world has recognized this, though we pretend that we don't. We of we like the we're, the we're the the Chinese monkeys. See no evil, hear no evil, ah, speak no evil. But right. so in our case it's hear no truth, see no truth, speak no truth. Okay. I mean, in the in the Bible. I yes. mean if you look at it, you look at the old testament, right. male and female created he them. In other yeah. words, separate, distinct, the sexes are different. Yeah, We're told in Genesis that the Jews are the chosen people of God, not anybody else. And there, there are two. There are rules for them, and there are rules for other people. Now, <clears throat> this is true everywhere. The Chinese have always felt that way. Sure. Everybody has known the French are different from the Germans. Okay. Europeans are different from Asians. Asians are different from Africans. It's not a question of good and bad. Right. I
1: see that but you
0: know on the basis
1: of quality or inequality and and I think what I hear the general populace saying is is that everybody is created equal and maybe the idea of that I just Throwing this out, maybe this is about the things that we are all together. You know, everything that we have in common, not the things that separate us. Like we live on the same planet. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah, all the same. So do termites. Well, well, maybe it's not about losing gender or uh, seeing skin color or where you were born. Uh, maybe it's about searching for a new way of thinking so that we can avoid oppression and prejudice because of the way we think and feel about people when we see them.
0: Um, any, in my view, any any new way of thinking is almost inevitably uh, wrong because you know if you look at if you if you just look at ev- evolution, okay, you know ninety nine percent of genetic variations will destroy the organism and or, and if it spreads through through a population, it'll destroy the population. But yeah. we're talking about the language of oppression. Our subject is the track, great lie, yeah. and the great yeah. lie is human equality, that people are basically, wherever you go, people are basically all the same, mm-hmm. uh, which is simply not true. You ever hear the story of music as the universal language? Yeah. You can learn to like the language of another culture, Right, but, uh, but, it, but it's not universal. So the great lie is human equality, and to defend the great lie, we have to tell many little lies. Okay. Many of these little lies are even mutually contradictory, and we don't even notice that I, lie A contradicts lie B. I'm a little confused
1: here. Um, give us some examples or something. I, well,
0: okay, look, take feminism. Okay, two, now that I two, understand. Two basic principles of feminism. Okay. First basic principle, males and females are basically the same, except for some details about plumbing and reproduction. That's what they believe. That's rule number one. Rule number principle one. number two, males rape, molest, dominate, and exploit oh. women everywhere all the time, all the which time. means that the poor dears, these poor helpless women, uh. need men to pass special laws to protect them. Well, which is it? Are we all the same? or If we're all the same, then why don't women rape men? Why don't we have vast societies in which sex roles are reversed? So it's the same wherever you look in discussions of race, ethnicity, religion. We begin by saying they're all the same. Right. Somebody once uh, said to, to C.S. Lewis, he said, you know, Jack, all religions basically worship the same God. And Lewis replied, yes, but which God is it? <laughs> Find that out.
1: That's you know, kind find of important. You know, which, which
0: is the true God that the others are the uh, distortions of.
1: This probably ties in perfectly with your title, yeah, Pigs is Pigs. Uh,
0: how does that come in? Well, it's obviously a tug-of-cheek title, partly inspired by your interest in Animal Farm. but There's also a famous short story by... Uh, Ellis Parker Butler. In the story, a railway agent who is in charge of the freight rates and and, uh, imposing the tariffs insists on charging a livestock rate for shipping guinea pigs because the livestock rate is higher than the rate for shipping pets. And he answers every complaint with, no, pigs is pigs. Uh. Well, he ends up having to house what he calls Dago pigs himself. Now, why Dago pig? Well, probably... Probably, unless, unless you're a Sicilian American, you don't realize that Guinea was often used as an insult for Italians and South Italians and Spaniards. Yeah. I think the implication is that because Guinea is Equatorial Africa... Okay. And so I think the the idea is that it, Italians, swore the Italians are are. Okay. Legal. So if
1: you're getting into derogatory, you, like uh, you can't say any of those things now. I mean, obviously the it's very offensive uh, to label people that way,
0: and it's not very PC either. As well, you must not know many Italo Americans because if you really want to hear uh, <laughs> hear some fancy language, or so your point is, well, twofold. First, we got this Irish or. For this program, maybe I should just say Mick. Well, okay. <laughs> Listen, I've got I've got some Mick ancestry. I'm oh, okay. supposed well. to have a right. The Mick railroad agent is deceived by the word pig, mm. and he insists on treating unequals as equals. A guinea pig's a rodent. Right. It's not a pig. It's not a pig. So treating unequal things as equals. This is the, the way we treat men and women as the same, and to say nothing of treating homosexuals and transgenders as if they were normal. But secondly, in our world... Saying pigs as pigs would get you in trouble immediately because it implies that animal species are distinctive. You know like dogs is dogs, cats mm-hmm. is cats, sure, I get pigs is pigs. So like human ethnicities, you know, the French are the French, which is, you know, they talk like this, and they were yeah. a ray, they well, eat a Well, yeah, I understand yeah, they, exactly they, they, who they, they are. they chase the women yeah, and, and all that. Yeah. Okay. Jews are Jews, you know, meaning they're grasping and wily, and they're always trying to get the better of you. The all Chinese right. are the Chinese. Okay, um,
1: very stereotypical things that we believe about them. Yeah. They're super smart, mathematical. So, Even
0: they, that is, yeah. it, putting them in a box, well, I guess it's... Yeah, by the way, they, they, do have a, they do have a ten... Ten percent IQ advantage on uh, on Europeans, but okay, but, yeah. So Continue. As a result of this of this line of thought, we'd end up deciding that pigs have rights, uh-uh. and therefore they shouldn't be called pigs at all. They should be referred to as four-footed persons or differently abled intellectual yeah, mammals. Okay. Uh, saying pigs would be like again, like saying frog, dago, chink, uh, mick. Okay, those are very
1: <laughs> offensive stereotypes, insulting language is not the way to world peace. Wait a minute. Are you going to use the N-word? Is that where we're going with this? You're going to use the N-word, aren't you?
0: No, I'm not. And because uh, things have got so bad that a a program like this, say 10 years ago, in which we were discussing this abstractly, one could say, well, you know, for example, people use this offensive word and you could say it. Today, atheists... And, and uh, people of different religions sure. will call on Jesus Christ as a curse word over right. and over and over, and we're not supposed to be offended by that. But, oh, use the N-word, yeah. which, by the way, black people use uh, That's it, probably the most common word in, in their mouths. Now, most of these terms are not inherently offensive because... How did they get offensive? That's what well, I'm trying Well, because they started to be used as insults. So, okay. you know, I mean, who knows where they come from? They, they, they have usually... The, the stories are folk etymologies. Like, for example, Italians are called dagos because when they sent the police into an Italian neighborhood in New York and they would never tell you the truth about where the f- felon went, they'd say, Dago dataway." That is... <laughs> <I> oh, <don't> <laughs>
1: That's that's a stretch, isn't it? Or or, or Polak.
0: Polish Polak. I I have a Polish friend, a great guy, short story writer named uh, Tony Bukowski. The first Uh time I met him, he said, oh, you know, people call us Polaks. I said, tell us, in Polish, what's the word for, for a Polish person? Well, Polak. Oh, it's okay for oh, you. Oh, so yeah. In our circles, we can yeah. call ourselves. Well, you know, Polaks. for example, in Italian, the word uh, they the, the the Pope John Paul uh, II was all in the Italian newspapers. Always called Papa Polacco, the Polak Pope. But they weren't being offensive, no. because it's the only word for Polish in Italian. I so see. So how how does Polak? become it's the correct word right how does that become so used offensive? in some
1: derogatory sense that people found offensive later on and i suppose if i'm with but, my brothers you know i could say hey, you you don't what are you thinking yeah. about this? you know so and it wouldn't be offensive so i guess it's the time and the place it, and, well and there are, there are a I, lot of
0: things some things become a sacrosanct i i told my friend uh Bukowski, i said listen tony if you're going to hang out with grown-ups you got to drop all that we don't we don't whine But the, the evolution of each offensive word is sort of amusing. A Mick is probably because uh, Mick or Mickey is a very common Irish nickname for right. Michael. But there are also a lot of people uh, in Ireland, they're, they're often referred to as the, the O's in the mix. That is, you know, O'Hara, McDonald. If you go to the other things that are uh,
1: very offensive, like uh, a cripple or, 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 or a gimp, um, I, I
0: know one word that's completely gone out of the vernacular is uh, retard. Retard got displaced by, a di- I don't know, a differently abled or special needs. Mentally challenged. Mentally challenged. Okay. But before retard, there were moron and idiot, but they were both scientific terms. But there used to be some very downright words to describe dumb people. Okay. And... Uh, I remember I had a, had a friend in, in grammar school, and his mother would say, now he's not stupid, he's just a little slow. Slow. Believe me, he was stupid. But he was a oh. great guy, great guy, great athlete. Sure. He had many good things going for him, very good looking, girls loved him. But he was a little slow. How these words become sacrosanct is amusing. And sometimes the history is very unpleasant. For example, there's a very ugly word that is applied to Jews, namely kike. Yes. Kike, Jews get quite rightly very angry if you use that word. Sure. Oh, who invented the word "kike"? Well, it was German Jews oh. insulting Polish Jews. Oh. You see. So, and this often happens within a given community. Sure. There are tensions. You know, or you know, Whig and Tory in English politics were mm-hmm. began as terms of abuse, and then they, they they got mellowed out. Or Yank and Reb. Well, it's strange because the black people in their
1: own circles can say the N word, or yeah, they also,
0: also they can also say honky yeah, and, right, and, and, and all the rest of that. But
1: yeah. I was even thinking, uh, homosexuals refer to themselves as queer all the time in and
0: amongst themselves it's fine what the, uh, one of the know. weird things that happens is perfectly inoffensive terms in the case of for example of uh, people of african origin in the united states okay. they were mostly originally called blacks or black africans then um... in the in the late nineteenth century the mulattoes those people of mixed race preferred the word colored so the national association of colored persons implies they're not really black is the idea And then colored Came to be viewed as a weasel word, and black came back in. Hmm. Well, then Stokely Carmichael came up with Afro-American. Okay, well, that, um, I understand Afro-American because he wanted to. well, we see he spent a lot of time in Africa. He wanted to say I'm the spokesman for all African people everywhere. Hmm. Jesse Jackson then po- tried the same racket and and came up with African-American. But these terms are all con jobs. They're invented to give some people power over others. I see. Years ago, Rex, I, was, I used to do a lot of radio, okay. real radio, you know, sit, you know, big time radio, and okay. uh, as well as TV. And uh, I was once being interviewed on a national radio show uh, with a Harvard professor named Stephen Thernstrom, who okay. was a kind of neoconservative. All right. And we were talking about immigration. He, was, he took a moderate position because okay. he wanted, uh, he wanted to flood the country with a couple of hundred million Chinese. Okay, and, uh, and I referred to, so I said something about Orientals. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he said, well, Mr. Fleming, you know, it is, not, it is not acceptable to use the term Oriental. We say Asian. Ah. Well, I said, you know, one of us, sir, is a philologist who's a master of language, and that person is not you. I reserve <laughs> the right to use English in a proper way. And the idea that it's offensive to say that people come from the East the Orient, the, the land of the rising sun, as opposed to coming from Asia, which, by the way, Asia extends from Turkey, you know, yep. all the way to Japan, it's a pretty big swath of totally unrelated people. Right. Do the Turks even count as Asian? I just said, you know, that he, as a Harvard professor, illustrated the problem in America, which is yes. that we can never call a spade a spade. <gasps> you we can't either say that. have to call it an agricultural implement or. A effing old hoe. Oh, gee, all
1: right. Well, I work with a guy, and he is originally from Mexico, and I said, do you want to be called uh, Mexican or Hispanic? He said, I want to be called an American. Yeah. That's where I live. It seems to me that uh, depending on what situation you're in, uh, because I even kid, I say, you know, working with you is hard because all you people are lazy. You know, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. But I couldn't say that in certain circles, you know, but we're good friends, and he understands that. It seems like the
0: situation warrants... What kind of language you can use. Everything good about being proud of being, whether Polish or Chinese or... Or Irish. What we do, though, is we demonize ethnic identity to the point that so you got to pick: you either hate black people or you grovel before them. You hate Jews or you love Jews. You hate Chinamen or you love Chinamen. And there's a rational approach to this, which is why can't we just call each other, you know, whatever we want to, as long as it is, is is polite. Some words are off the table because they're impolite.
1: Well, if you're in a comedy club, I mean, uh, there's a black comic and a white comic. The black comic can say and laugh and mess around with things that generally a white comic it's a very thin line between offending somebody and
0: making something uh funny we used to have an annual meeting we called it the john randolph club okay and for a couple of years i said okay we're gonna have an ethnic joke contest oh boy and of course you could imagine what the press would have said but i said the first trick is you could tell a joke about any other ethnicity but first you have to begin with a couple about yourself Ah, okay. So, our friend Ray Olson, who's from Minnesota, would tell Ollie and Lena jokes about uh, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Swedes. It's amazing how, if you told the joke on yourself first, how it broke the ice. We had a variety of people. We had Jewish people, we had homosexual people, we had black people, and once you, once you break the ice, then people, a lot of, a lot of reserve and suspicious attitudes uh, get dropped.
1: I do have some um, uh, black friends, and they tend to drop the F-bomb quite a bit. Yeah. They, you just kind of go along with it. Or the, you know, ass word, or, or all of your, you know, general foul language. The F word is, you know, may sound strange, is a better word
0: than using God's name in vain. Yes. I, I may be a little it, crazy here, but... But in the, um, in the presence of ladies, it's not acceptable. Uh,
1: exactly. If you're, if you're at the dinner table with, uh, you know, yeah. a group of friends,
0: that's probably not the
1: time to no. be
0: driving. <laughs> yeah. I was once on a, on a bus going from the airport. And and there an offensive uh, hippie, probably a band member of yours. Hippie, and he had he had hair. That's down offensive word to me. Hair? <laughs> had, You're going to go had, with the hair? He had hair down <laughs> his back, and and so he sat. He he pretended to know some girl. Maybe he was he maybe had met her at a party. And so he sat next to her, young married woman. Every other word was the, was the f word. F word. So I turned around and said, Could you could you please either clean up your speech or just be quiet? <laughs> and so he, so he started screaming at me. Oh, really? And I said, listen, uh, you say one more word. I'm going to the driver, and there'll be a policeman waiting for you when we, when we pull in. Wow. Is that what you want? I said, because wh- the driver's going to believe one of us. Right, and uh, you know, I, I was dressed in a suit, and this guy looked like a homeless person.
1: Oh man, I that is so, so
0: inequality. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's wow. you suit know what versus the hippie. He, he, oh he man, up. he shut up. But you know, there were women, not just my wife. There were other women on the bus. I I don't like to hear this conversation, right. but on the other hand, when there are women around, it, it's inappropriate. But it's interesting how the people who drop the f bomb consistently—if you dropped the n bomb. They'd be angry. How dare you say it? Or people who are constantly taking God's name in vain, I tell them. People who say, they run around, these women, they say, oh, my God, oh, my God. It really is. You're calling upon the creator of the universe (laughs) to get involved because you dropped a stitch or something? It's inappropriate. If you were talking with sensitive liberals, every time they drop the F-bomb, you drop the N-bomb. I'm offending you the way you're offending me. Now, there's an easy way we can end this. Yes. We both quit using offensive language.
1: Language, it seems to me, is what you're trying to be to say is that it's been manipulated to control the masses. We all have our fears, and of course, what we don't understand, we fill in the blanks with what we believe. Uh, it's as simple as uh, young, dumb, punk versus old, stubborn, Crotchety guy, or that idea that you said. That's like you see, a two-person. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, if you see the three guys walking down the street, why are why are they here? Or uh, another thing, and you know, I I don't know whether this is the media or what, but if I see a woman wearing full Muslim garb, I'm I'm concerned. I'm afraid uh, a terrorist around every corner. We don't even know particularly what a terrorist looks like, but we think we do. And Homeland Security is going to save you from the terrorists because he's everywhere and he's nowhere. And so I can see the idea that they're using that sort of
0: stereotype to control us. We're supposed to notice suspicious people and they won't say what are the characteristics. But on the other hand, if you say they're Muslims, they get very angry. Oh yeah, um, a, you know the Juan Williams, the uh, who is very left-wing spokesperson. Uh, he was on NPR, but also on Fox News, and he told—I think it was on Fox News—he's the token leftist. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, frankly, I think they're all lefties on Fox, yeah, well. but that's another story. But he was—he's—he's he's far left. So Juan Williams says, "I'll be honest, when I get on a plane and I see people dressed in full Muslim garb, I begin to be nervous." Well, yeah. he got fired from National Public Radio. Oh, man. You know, cause, and Juan Williams, it goes without saying, is of a, a mixed race. He's more, he's more or less black, but okay. not, not very. But, um, but not still. Not very. Well, he's mulatto. He's 50-50. He's okay. I understand. So, uh, But Juan Williams cannot say that Muslims make him nervous. Years ago, like in the 70s, I remember, Okay. a, uh, a, politi- a leading political figure in America said, when well, my wife and I are walking down the street late at night, and we hear footsteps behind us and turn around and see that it's white people, we breathe a sigh of relief. Okay. Now, the question is, who said that? Uh, some rich white guy, probably. Yeah, Jesse Jackson. Who? Jesse no. Jackson, yes. I know but, that name. Because Jesse at that point was thought it might be convenient to tell truths and what he was saying is look there's a reason these stereotypes exist there's a reason why people are afraid of young black males because young black males commit a lot of crimes Yes. and so the way if you want to defuse fear the way to do that is to quit committing the crimes I see